this is a beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby. Allergy season. <laughs> Just went baby. That's right. Uh, and that is exactly what we want you to do. Welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast, proudly sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has it all. Did you know that, Connor? That has daily, weekly, and season-long best ball tournaments that are literally happening 365 days a year. Have I told you that before? Probably not. Plus, did you know that you can play their pick and prop games and get five picks right and win up to 20 times your money? If not, head on over to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code TNFF, and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 on your first deposit. I am your host, Gymnastic. You can find me on Twitter at GoldJacketQBs. I have told you this before because, well, I'm joined as always by the other host of the show, Connor Donald. You can be found on Twitter at Connor10, that is T-E-N, not a one and a zero. We are proud members of the True North Fantasy Football Network. Make sure to check out the entire network on Twitter at True North FFB at YouTube. If you're watching now, awesome. It's the TNFF network. And on the internet, truenorthffb.com. We have got everything you need. But tonight, we're diving into the start of a four week. Winners and losers of the post draft fantasy landscape at each position, rookies and vets. Rookies and the vets. We're talking about who you should consider buying, who you should consider selling. Lots of strategy talk as this offseason continues to puzzle even the best. But first, what's up, Connor? Not much, man. I do want to say it shouldn't puzzle you if you're the best at this analysis game. This this rookie class should not fool you. It should be a master class of value at every position as people assume that this draft class is going to do something really fantasy relevant for you. There's a couple. I, I leave every draft saying there's you six or seven. To the guy who took Malik Willis 102 earlier today in a draft that I'm in. I've seen him go at 106. I've, I've seen Malik Willis pick before Kenny Pickett far too many times for for my body and my soul to accept but yeah we're gonna dive into this man we decided instead of going the old route of talking about the court the rookies over and over again we did the pre-draft pre-mock draft pre-draft mock draft and the post-draft mock draft that you can go back and look at we discussed all the rookies at length or at least the top 24 that we felt were the top 24 in those 12 team rookie drafts, mock drafts that we did. So, and we both times hit on where you should be grabbing a fucking rookie quarterback in those goddamn rookie mock drafts pre-draft. I mean, we hit the wrong rookie quarterback. <laughs> it was a 50, 50 shot on which one Pittsburgh was going to take at 28. I, I was on record pre-draft saying they wouldn't have to trade up and they'd have their shot at any quarterback they wanted at 20. And they did. Uh, mm. 
wrong quarterback, but either way, you know what I mean? And then post-draft, uh, still bang on. Like pre-draft, I think you went 107. Post-draft, I think 108. Uh, obviously, different quarterback, Willis, mm-hmm. to to pick it. But anyway, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's get banging on there for some winners and losers. And, like, I'm sure we're going to be talking about Willis in that loser section. Bum. <laughs> we definitely are going to be talking about Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. That goes without saying, but I want to start with some winners. We like to talk about winners. So let's start with the rookie. Let's get the rookie out of the way. Kenny Pickett, obviously, the draft capital is there. The investment is there with Kenny Pickett to know that even if Mitch Trubisky starts right away, Mitch Trubisky is not going to start for the entire season. This is Kenny Pickett's football team, and that was why they invested in him. He was the only quarterback to go in the top two rounds. That tells listen, you all you needed to know. Listen, I don't think it does. I you think, think that so. Kenny Pickett has a short leash, and uh, right now Pittsburgh, all they're doing right now is trying to find the next guy. And they're going to keep taking swing after swing after swing after swing until they get a quarterback, I think. Uh, I don't think Kenny Pickett is is just because of the draft capital invested in him, the guy. Uh, I think if he struggles, they might immediately go. They might go Philadelphia. It might be a Pennsylvania thing all of a sudden, not just, not just stricken to Philadelphia anymore. Uh, where they turn on the quarterback, try to trade the quarterback, and, and keep going, man. So, like, yeah, Kenny Pickett's a winner for this year, but for dynasty purposes, I don't really think he is, man. Um, he's the guy that I'd be drafting and looking to flip right away to a quarterback needy team or anybody that's willing to pay you uh, money on the dollar, man, that, that you ended up paying for him, right? So, like, you know what if I mean, 23 fight. first, 22nd first? I agree. If you if you can flip at this point, I don't think anybody in their right mind is giving up a 23 first for Kenny Pickett. You'd have to hey. be really if you're really desperate. I don't judge if there's teams out there that are really desperate. But I mean, maybe you tried gambling a, in 2022 and you missed them. Maybe you thought he was going to fall at like 107, 108 and you missed. That, uh, could, that could happen. I, I, I personally wouldn't invest a 2023 first. The rookie no, quarterback and I'm not better. advising our listeners to either, but I'm advising yeah, our rookie, listeners to try to sell them for one. Yeah, the rookie quarterback All class is better them. next year. I think there's a little bit of uh, overhype and overcompensation on how bad this year's class was, which is creating this out-of-control hype train of Will Levis as the number one pick, according to Chris Trapasso over what? at CBS Sports. Yes, that his latest mock draft had Will Levis there. So, I mean, to me, at the end of the day, I think, and to other people I talk to about it, there's an overcompensation happening on the draft, on the rookie quarterback draft board next year, because there was such an underwhelming quarterback position and landing and everything this offseason. And we knew that this should, well, if you know the NFL, you should have known that it was going to happen based on all the movement that was happening pre-draft, all the quarterbacks that were changing landing spots and ending up in different landing spots. Um, It just so happened to end that way. To me, Kenny Pickett, once he starts, he's probably worth something. He's probably worth flipping. Like you said, you're probably going to see a lot different landscape at the quarterback position next year. And do are the Steelers going to take a shot next year if they're really bad? 
if they Jim, don't give me if they're really bad, you're not going to invest a first round. How often do you see a first round investment in the quarterback? Man, position? they're only a quarterback away. Seasons. And like, like I said, man, like, listen, you want to shit on like, like the memes with, with uh, Ben Roethlisberger on losing it. Like the only thing he lost, but like, well, only thing he lost on the football field was was his arm, but uh, he still had the mental capacity to read defenses, audible out, get him in good situations, and put Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Like, yeah, Najee Harris is a volume dog, but Najee Harris was a volume dog that got fed in the right situations because his quarterback put him in there. And I think, like, yeah, you got the upgrade on the arm, maybe, with Trubisky, but uh, I think you definitely got a downgrade on the uh, at-line um, mastery of reading defenses yeah, the and putting in his process, team. Yeah, absolutely. The, me- that, the mental process, the mental prowess uh, of getting his team in, in the right position. So I think I think, I think we'll we definitely see. should we'll have see. believed when people said he was the most pro-ready and the, the value the team's put on being pro-ready because a team that is just a quarterback away like the Steelers could take the shot on Kenny Pickett. It's known now that a lot of these quarterbacks are not – pro ready and we're not going to be ready year one but some of them may be forced into situations where they're going to play right away but there's a value to be had with kenny pickett in super flex rookie drafts right now if you can get if someone is drafting malik willis before kenny pickett and then you're able to get kenny pickett thank you that is yes thank you very much go go to that man if you know that man shake his hand and take kenny pickett and keep walking because i see him going at i saw him i think i told you i saw him go at 110 in a draft today and Malik Willis went at 106. Like, Oof. to me, that is a steal because to me, there's only six or seven names you want out of this draft. And after that, it's a crapshoot and you just start firing away. So, and one of those seven, in if in one QB leagues, Kenny Pickett is not on that list. So it's six. But in Super Flex leagues, Kenny Pickett is there, which it would make the seventh person. But that would be, to me, like, there's no way I would agree to take Malik Willis. I got him at 210 in a league. I'm okay Holy with that. Shit. I'm okay yeah, with that. that's okay. But otherwise, I'm not taking the shot in the first round because the guy hasn't started in year one. I don't think he started in year two. I think your best shot might be year three. And at that point, eee, you really want to wait started. three years? You really think the NFL think is that type of league that waits then? Perennial well, back At least up. Chase Daniels like really smart, really good at reading defense. And made a lot of money. Made a lot of fucking money, man. Absolutely. Holding a clipboard and like three wins. That's great. <laughs> but that's enough about Kenny Pickett. Let's move on to my friend. A real winner. My friend and yours, Jalen Hurts. I no, no, your picked, friend. I pick. <laughs> I picked Jalen Hurts to talk about because I think the Philadelphia Eagles did exactly what needed to be done. They had to set him up for success. They had to set him up to be able to take that big step forward that we are expecting him to take forward. And for fantasy, he was already a top twelve fantasy quarterback. So if they took a step forward for him, that can only mean better things for Jalen Hurts going forward. And I was looking this morning; he's currently going as a QB fourteen. The risk there with going as a QB 14 uh, per Rotoviz and um, the um, My Fantasy Football uh, League, um, the risk is will he keep the job? That is the biggest risk. To me, he's a big sell. To me, 
everything is building up again. The the hype is swelling again. He was kind of getting a depressed value because... Look at who just got, man. He just got A.J. Mm -hmm. Brown, and now he's got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard, uh, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. Listen, uh, straight up, is Philadelphia going to salvage anything in that wide receiver room with Jalen Rager in the form of a trade? Or Quez Watkins in the form of uh, of a trade? No, definitely not. Jalen Rager, you're going to get a day three pick if you're going to get anything. And I'm almost at the point now where they might just release him. Quez Watkins is an absolute, is absolutely an adequate wide receiver three. He's not someone who's going to be of any intrinsic value in fantasy football because you're never going to know the weeks that he's going to go off. But he is definitely an adequate wide receiver three and more than functional. And they're not going to try and trade him because they love Quez Watkins in Philadelphia. But Jalen Reger, on the other hand, there's no salvage in Jalen Reger. There's no salvage in J.J. Ortega Whiteside. They moved him to tight end just so that they might be able to keep him on roster and make it make sense that they're keeping him on roster. But, uh, I, you know, I just uh, just asking the tough questions that the non Philadelphia Eagles fans want to know: Is Jalen Rager going to have a new home for possibly a fifth round pick? Who knows, man? Like, there's no get... way we're getting a fifth round <laughs> pick for that guy. There's no way. Maybe but a back, six? back to Jalen Hurts. He was why he, he was a QB six in uh, fantasy last season. He averaged twenty one point four fantasy points per game. And he's going as a QB 14. At this point, if he's going to be the second QB off the board for you, it's probably worth the risk. And if he starts out and the hype train's rolling and he starts out doing really well and he's pumping out these like these really good games like he did last season, like look at the game log. His first five games, 28, 21, 22, 28, 23, 26, 23. And then they found their identity as a run first offense. So the numbers started to go down a bit. But if you... Take and he starts running away like that again and getting all these top 12, top five performances. You sell Jalen Hurts because I think there is always that risk. Philadelphia is always going to be in the market for quarterbacks. It's just Howie Roseman, it's just the mentality. And say we don't make the playoffs, we have these two first round picks. They're probably going to package them, they're probably going to try and move up. Chase Young and CJ Stroud are the are, are the yeah, sorry, Young is not it's not Chase Young. God, does your name mixed up, but. They, they're the top two guys. They're the guys that people want to have. And you know that Philadelphia will be all in on that if they don't make the playoffs or they suffer another first-round exit with Jalen Hurts. Let me ask you quick on diving off a little topic here. Who would you rather have, Kenny Pickett or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Kenny Pickett, to me, the thing with Kenny Pickett is – I thought you were just for, screaming job security for Kenny Pickett and the for, opposite for Jalen Hurts just two seconds for, ago. But for fantasy, Jalen Hurts, if he doesn't succeed in Philadelphia, he's going to probably be part of a package deal where he goes and he's going to get another job. But to me, you're talking a top for fantasy. You're talking a top 12 fantasy quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Kenny Pickett to me is like Derek Carr, Mac Jones, middle of the road, wide receiver, middle of the road quarterback Whoa. too. Whoa! For Are fantasy, you for putting Matt fantasy. Jones in the same tier as Derek Carr? Listen, listen. Whoa! For fantasy, Whoa. absolutely <laughs> for fantasy, absolutely. Why? What Derek Carr's ceiling is, is fucking quarterback twelve. 
And what did like, Mac Jones do last year? What did the as Patriots a rookie? Do? What did as the Patriots a rookie? What did you're comparing like a 42 year old vet to a rookie? I'm comparing a 30 year old to a what 22, 23 year old Mac Jones who what has what did that front That's a do huge to help difference, bro. But Jim, but Jim. What did they do to help that's going to excel his fantasy ceiling? No, but I'm saying like value. Derek Carr's fantasy ceiling ceiling was like quarterback ten. Like yes. get the fuck but out of me, here! Tell me right now, in the next two to three, look what from a three year window. That's going to be Mac. That's going to be Mac Jones's floor. Floor QB ten. Oh boy, we I can't wait for three years down the road when we revisit this discussion because I see Mac Jones as a safe quarterback. I don't see Mac Jones as a guy who's going to heave the ball. He doesn't run. The mobility isn't there. This isn't a guy that I'm going to call a perennial top twelve quarterback. At least the Las Vegas Raiders have set their car up to hit whatever if it's eight if it's ten whatever it is what it is wherever you land is why because he got his college quarterback from like 12 years ago or college wide receiver from like 12 years ago yeah who cares 100%. yeah because no, but, that chemistry just Devontae stays adams but that's that chemistry Devontae just stays adams. right yeah so are you questioning what who Devonte adams no, is i'm questioning Derek Carr. i know i don't put that in my mouth i'm questioning oh, Derek fucking car more of an SUV guy, you know, CRV <laughs> pilot. We'll see. To me, I just need to see more out of Mac Jones, and I it, it's just not there yet. And the team isn't doing anything to make him a better, more attractive fantasy quarterback for me. Oh, and listen, I'll you agree can get with them you. In the same that, area. Like Bobby Kraft is doing no favors by like not drafting some elite fucking wide receivers here. I mean, or at least trading for some because like you kind of suck it. You get Derek Carr at QB 16, pick 44, and you get Mac Jones, QB 18, pick 48. You're getting them in the same ballpark. One of them has been given the opportunity to see find a better fantasy ceiling. The other is not being provided that opportunity. One is great. One has shown you what he's oh, already going to be. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Well, we can definitely revisit this. I really want to continue to revisit this discussion with Mac Jones. And we completely bombarded off the path of what we're talking about with Jalen Hurts. But I want to talk about one, a couple other QB winners. What about Zach Wilson? We've talked about Zach Wilson a few times. We really like Zach Wilson on this show. We are a Zach Wilson show. They picked up Brees Hall. Um, They picked up Garrett Wilson. Um, They already had Elijah Moore in-house. They already, they have Corey Davis in-house pretty much as a wide receiver three now, which is more than adequate now. Um, they revamped the tight end room with CJ Uzuma and Tyler Ty Conklin. Plus, they added Jeremy Ruckert. Should people be more in on Zach Wilson now? Oh, absolutely. But people should have been in on Zach Wilson before uh, he showed the tools, and I was one to even like say I was getting excited with this draft on what on what they were doing with them. Like I got excited with what. He showed with Elijah Moore last year. Uh, I think people might be clamoring a little too fast with Garrett Wilson being the automatic alpha wide receiver in the room uh, instead of like a 1A, 1B situation. Uh, we talked about it last week, how how crazy it is. It's soaking in New York. You got two fantasy options. You got the number one wide receiver, the number one running back uh, in this fantasy draft. I mean, it's a weak draft, but you still got them. Uh 
oh man, like some some things are turning around. Like what was it? The like Corey Davis. I'm not even really concerned about, but it's like I think the end of 2020s roster for the New York Jets to the beginning of 2022s roster for the New York Jets completely revamped, right? Like they had Sam Darnold at the end of 2020, no, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yep. that was that was the year. Like completely revamped roster. It's looking like it's going in the right direction. They're putting the right pieces around Zach Wilson. Unlike you said, the New England Patriots are doing for <laughs> Mac Jones, but uh, it's happening. You know what I mean? So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting in the AFC East, man. Like because you already got Josh Allen uh, doing some. Doing some damage in there. Zach Wilson, the young gun now, uh, with the team trying to build around him. Uh Zach, um, sorry, Mac Jones, Mr. Uh Mr. Reliable, do your taxes on time. Uh a little pitch and dump, uh, according to Connor, the safe option. And then uh you got Miami where whew, I guess like running backs are just signing there like crazy and just uh I guess maybe two is gonna Hand it off to eighteen of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. the anyway, sorry. That's a that's when Zach a Wilson's going as a QB twenty, he could easily be your second QB off the board, and I'd be more than happy with that. He could probably oh, be your third yeah. QB if you're really going QB crazy. He could be your third QB. But as your QB two, like one of the big craziest stats that stands out to me about Zach Wilson. I mean, he he was number three in drop passes. Three drop passes per game by his offensive weapons last season. That's a massive number. That's astronomical. And you bring in Garrett Wilson, you get Corey Davis back healthy as your wide receiver. Three, you revamp the tight end room that literally had almost nobody there last season. I like this. I like this for Zach Wilson. I think he's great to get. And you probably should have got him before all this happened. I like that. Uh that uh like visible kind of like little jab there on the on the tight ends ah uh, fuck <laughs> thank you thank you uh that's good but uh let's talk about a guy uh hasn't his last name but i don't really think he is one uh that's lock i don't think he is a lock to have a starting job next year when these better quarterback class comes in if you don't see him produce anything with uh, with these two weapons here, uh, but there's another guy, right? Like uh, we'll see, we'll see. Like, how do you think? How do you think he is? Uh, how do you think he's going to do with DK Metcalf? Um, probably Chris Carson. I think maybe this year. Rashad Penny, maybe Chris this year. Carson, Kenny, Kenneth Walker. Well, like maybe Rashad Chris Penny. We'll see about Chris Carson. We'll see and then you got you got Gerald Everett at tight end. Like the weapons are there, just the offensive line isn't there, which is no. definitely concerning for a quarterback who probably needs an offensive line, probably needs some protection so that he can take the time to evaluate the situation and understand the situation because i mean if you look back at the one year well the majority of one season that he was the starter he he wasn't that great and he had some decent weapons in denver not great but he had better weapons but like you look at his accuracy standpoint and he he just wasn't good his completion percentage ranked 
beyond 32nd. Like he, he wasn't even in the top 32 <laughs> quarterbacks for percentage. Um, he doesn't have any- like a wide receiver through a pass more than once and got completed. <laughs> exactly. And like his, his receiver target separation was not number nine among quarterbacks. Like, so his receivers separated really well. And yet he wasn't able to see them. He wasn't able to hit them. Like, I don't think he had a uh, good timing with anticipation. No, I'm like seeing, on seeing him get open. Right. And like, he just threw a lot he would of wait like, until they were open and then he would throw and then they wouldn't be open. Exactly. And like danger plays, he ranked number two interceptable passes. He ranked number six. Like he's just a really dangerous quarterback. And this is going to be something so different than from what we're used to with Russell Wilson, who, can be dangerous, but isn't as dangerous and has the opportunity and the potential to use his legs to move and and move the pocket and change the dynamic of an offensive situation. Um, oh, I think we he can't could, deny the weapons prime are candidate there, to get replaced, though. I think he is a prime candidate to get replaced in 2023. 100%. 100%. Drew Locke is the. I was shocked they didn't take any of the quarterbacks, and then it came out post draft that they just didn't like any of the quarterbacks. They didn't think any of them were ready this year. So clearly they felt they had a better chance with Geno Smith and Drew Locke as the alternatives to that. So that kind of speaks volumes from from where um, Seattle stands. To me, I'd be a bit more nervous about Tyler Lockett and the weapons that I have there, like DK Metcalf. I mean, they're still going to produce. They're going to be forced to produce because the ball's going to be thrown a lot. They're going to be put in a lot of negative game script situations. Um, but Drew Locke is just not good. He's not, like you say, he's not a lock for anything. He's not going to keep the starting job. This is not something you shouldn't go buy in Drew Locke, but if he's on a waiver wire or he's able to be picked up, why not take the shot uh, and yeah. roll with it and see what happens. And if some injuries haunt some team in your league, and they need a quarterback, you can sit here and dangle Drew Locke there as, uh, oh, well, you got your QB1, here's your super flex QB2 option, and you might be oh, yeah, well, anything would be. a quarterback that's going to start in 2022. Exactly. Exactly. I oh, mean, at this right, point, they're, so... they're kicking the tires on Baker Mayfield. It doesn't seem to be going anyways. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, we're going to get into Trey Lance and the losers portion of this, but Jimmy oh. Garoppolo, I'm not convinced, is going anywhere either. Um, I think Jimmy but, Garoppolo starts more games than Trey Lance next year. Boom! Oh, boy. Hot take. Hot take. But before we dive into the losers, because I think there's more losers, there's a lot more to, di- more, lot more to discuss Absolutely. in the losers section. there's a lot more losers. <laughs> We're going to take a quick word from our sponsors at Reading Global. Here at the Gold Jacket Podcast, we take family very seriously. We know that family doesn't always stop at the bloodline. It's a word that ensures trust. It's a word that, well, around here, means that I know that I can count on you to have my back. Viridian Global is family. A family of the Fantasy Collective. And that is the exact reason Viridian Global will have your back. And I don't just mean literally covering your back in the best apparel they can possibly outfit you in. I mean at every step of the way, from finding the brand that fits you best to tracking your order to making sure you are fully satisfied at every step. With over 50 brands a part of the Fantasy Football Collective family, what are you waiting for? Join the family now. VeridianGlobal.com
All right. So into the uh, losers we go. And I don't think there's any bigger loser right now than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, A, lost his job to Deshaun Watson, who it kind of looks like he's going to play because things are really dragging out. And the NFL doesn't like to make a ruling on anything until the courts make a ruling on something or a settlement happens and they can make a proper decision that way. So it kind of looks like Deshaun Watson may be going out there week one for the Cleveland Browns, barring anything crazy happening. Um, And it doesn't sound like the Cleveland Browns are doing him any justice in actually letting him go out and negotiate or get a trade. And it almost seems like not many teams are that interested in him anyways. There's a couple teams kicking the tires on him, but it sounds like they're content with just sticking with their quarterbacks instead of getting involved in the drama of the situation in Cleveland. But Baker Mayfield wasn't that good. Exactly. Or they could wait for him to get dropped. But obviously, that's not going to happen until they know for sure Deshaun Watson's playing or Deshaun Watson's not playing week one. There won't be any decision made, I don't think, until that happens. But I mean, Baker Mayfield wasn't that great for fantasy. So, I mean, I think he's more a loser just based on the sole fact of everything that's gone down this offseason that worked against him and the team really not letting him have a fair shot of finding a trade or finding a trade partner and getting out of Cleveland. But, I mean, do you have anything you want to add as far as Baker Mayfield goes? Um, no, no, uh, no, uh, no. Even if he gets a job, I think. He's just uh, he's a bridge gap. He's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick style now, but bad. Yeah, at least Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> like he uncorks the football and he makes it very smart. entertaining football and like he's smart and good fantasy players and smart. Yeah. But Baker Mayfield does not make for good fantasy assets. Look at OBJ. Look at that situation. So, um, yeah, enough about Baker Mayfield, I suppose. Um, here's something Here's something I want to ask you. Because we didn't mm. talk about him in the winner's section, but uh, I don't really care. Would you rather have uh, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? I don't think either has job security, but I do think Jared Goff has a better offense. I think he has a far uh. better opportunity to you be use the weapons that he has to get you value to flip him. I think huh. that Jared Goff is someone who could definitely be flipped. Carson Wentz, the draft pick of Sam Howell to me, like Carson Wentz doesn't do well with someone breathing down his neck or any type of competition. And Sam Howell's closest comp is like Taylor Heineke. I don't know. Maybe I'm like diving too deep into connecting some dots there. Um, but yeah, I definitely think Jared Goff because I mean, the fact that the Detroit Lions had all these picks and they decided we don't even want to take a shot on one of these. Well, because it's smart. You know, it, it was you smart. It was smart. Your team. It was smart. But so many people felt that they were going to go that route. And the fact that they didn't go that route at all, like multiple firsts, oh, multiple, like, day, multiple day two picks, 100%. If things continue on the path that they, the thing is, the, the players play with so much heart for Dan Campbell that I don't know if you get the number one or number two pick. Like, I think there's a chance that they're like three through five. And then at that point, are they going to be able to trade up to get their 
quarterback that they want, or are they going to fall for the overcompensation quarterback hype and go for a quarterback that could put them in no better of a situation than Jared Goff's putting them in? That's my thing. If the guys continue to play with the heart that they do and position Detroit in the wrong way next season, then what do you do at the quarterback position? Huh. I don't know because, like you said, I think they're going to overcompensate at the quarterback position. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's just that was just a quick little, quick little detour there and a dive off. I just wanted to ask about uh, two quarterbacks that popped off in my mind. I'll ask another one in a little bit. Losers. I had Mitch Trubisky there. You, you sure did. Based on the winners and your comments on Kenny Pickett, I think you might actually find Mitch Trubisky not to be a loser. Uh, not this year. Not this year. Uh, Kenny Pickett is going to play. I think he is going to play because they got to see what they got on him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they got much. I think Trubisky does start. I think Trubisky plays adequately enough for them to now go, okay, yeah, we got a decent enough shot. Let's throw a picket in for you to flip him. Like, I think he plays good enough in the first four games of the season that you can flip him by like week four or five. Like, if you're not already trying to flip him week three and get a deal done week four, like, Week four is probably your last shot. You probably should have flipped him when you had him sitting on your roster and he was signed for two years at $10 million or presumably given the keys to the car that was Maybe the Pittsburgh people Steelers always like offense. To see. People always like to see. They always like to see if the value can get better. What you're going to be offering. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying like you got to ask for the farm on them. No, not by any means, but like... But like there's there's always been cheaper options. Like, okay, I'd rather pay up a little bit more for a Derek Carr than a Mitch Trubisky. That's where I'd feel comfortable for, but not on your prices. Thinking that he's like hoity toity way up there. No, you can't like but you know, at when the whole signing happened and he was given the uh, potentially given the keys to the car to take over the Steelers offense you might have been able to get more at that point. Like, I don't necessarily believe three, four weeks worth of starts is going to get you any more value on the dollar than you had with moving him when he was given the job or presumably the job. Because. Even with Kenny Pickett. It's like a job interview where they can, Pittsburgh's essentially uh showcase them for the rest of the league because like man this is gonna be a quarterback hungry league man there's a lot of teams that are gonna need quarterbacks man a lot of teams Mitch Trubisky is going QB 33 Kenny Pickett is going QB 22 presently um to me the 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 offense is good enough the offense is sufficient enough that I think whoever is the quarterback is probably gonna is definitely gonna outperform those ADPs. I think they definitely can do some really good things. You got Deontay Johnson, you got Chase Claypool, you got George Pickens, you got Pat Frymers, like you said, you had Najee Harris, who was a guy who had like a hundred and something targets last season as a running back. You can absolutely the, the weaponry is there to be sufficient 
fantasy quarterback to get you some value to get some return if you don't trust that either of them are the answer in Pittsburgh. That's what has me intrigued by whoever ends up being the starter there is the fact that the offense is really good. You got a couple guys in like Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson who are complete vacuums for targets and do a lot with them and catch the ball extremely well. You got Pat Fryermuth who proved ridiculously effective last season and was very good in the red zone. Um, And then you got George Pickens and Chase Claypool who kind of take away from each other, but together kind of add for a quarterback, add some really fine weaponry for a quarterback as long as George Pickens, you know, behaves and and stays mature enough for the NFL level. Um, So to me, the weapons are there and good enough that these two ADPs are well worth the risk and the potential return that you might be able to get if one of them starts well or however you want to roll the dice on the super flex. And if somebody were to reach out to you and offer you some type of deal, I would definitely be going all in on that offense, pretty much. The offense around the quarterbacks, not the quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely love Deontay Johnson. Sorry, my uh, second kid over there just stopped out and said she had to get something. Who knows what she's getting? I don't know what she's doing. Uh, here comes my oldest one probably asking for something. I don't know what's going on. Uh, what, but I totally agree with you. That offense is, is definitely something you want a piece of besides the quarterback. I think I said mm-hmm. earlier with Kenny Pickett, I think they're going to keep taking shots, but let's keep it moving. The next Woo! one, I said losers. Whatever Atlanta Falcons quarterback plays, because you speak to some people, they think Desmond Ritter will take the job during the season or win the job outright. And then there's the Marcus Mariota and, you know, the washed conversation about Marcus Mariota. Um, The weapons are the weapons. Marcus Mariota is a goddamn greased pig on a fucking spittoon. That guy's going to get out there and he's going to you know, back down and pop. Go out for a 70-yard run. <laughs> um, no, but maybe like, maybe uh, for, for the mobility aspect of Marcus Mariota could be very intriguing. But to me, man, the weapons aren't there, man. Drake London, you're not, okay. You're not involved with, uh, with, with CP? But what about him? I, I'm not. I'm just saying some guys, they like the Cordell Patterson. They like that nine-year waiting but, but, on them like an age fund wine. Cordell Patterson, Drake London, and Cobb Pitts are the essential weaponry you have at your disposal that are going to catch a football for you. Absolutely. Those guys cannot inhale 200 targets each and produce extremely well. Well, then that's when you're popping runs for yourself there. Kapow! 70 yards. <laughs> I agree. I just, on a pig. To me, neither of those guys are the answer at the quarterback position. If you're holding on to either George one of them, if you're holding on to anyone, any of them with <laughs> any hope or with any prayer to me, it's not good. It's not going to be pretty this year in Atlanta. I, I couldn't, I can't make sense of this team and how they're attempting to build. Like, I just can't. I just can't. I just I don't know. They're going to be peachy. Peachy. Get it? Okay. Get it? Georgia? Get yes. It? Yes, I get yeah. it. I get it. We're all, all about the corny statements and expressions today, apparently. Oh, yeah. Little goofy. Any Anything you want to add on the Atlanta Falcons front? I just think the weapons aren't um, there. I just think there's man, nothing there. Again, like, this is a class where this is a year, 
sorry, where I think there's a lot of quarterbacks I'm trying to sell that have gotten jobs, uh, and Marcus Mariota is definitely one of them. Uh, the generational talent in Kyle Pitts. Pitts! Then you got the number one wide receiver slash running back in the game, Cordello Patterson. I don't know how you can't be excited. Then you got the hog killing. Oh, no. They didn't get Trey Allen Burks. Uh, no, they got they got, uh, they got they got they got Drake, Drake London. London. They, they got that Mike Evans uh, comp guy, right? The guy that everyone thinks is, is going to be like Mike Evans, who's a fucking unicorn, by the way. He's slapping fucking pickles on a thousand yard seasons and like ten touchdowns. Like it's just something that just happens all the time. Um, no, but like th- there's got to be some hype there with uh, with Marcus Mariota. He is the only guy there. So he's going to have plenty of opportunity to actually sell because unlike your boy Derek Carr, he actually does pop off runs. They did use him in that aspect in the Raiders' uh, offense when they needed when they needed that potential extra little extra little bit of oomph because they thought it was going to be pressure and the blitz he could get out, and that is something that uh, is going to work to his advantage, I think, with a with a porous Atlanta line where he's going to actually be forced to make a couple plays on his own. Uh, and he's quick to tuck and run. So expect to see a couple big plays, and those big plays end up for big points, man. A 60-yard touchdown, 70-yard touchdown from your quarterback. Man, those get bonus points. Those come up for some big weeks. Uh, that can get them into like the quarterback three, quarterback five range, and then that's an ample sell window on, on that type of week that, that you're going to get. And he's going to get – every week opportunity to do it. Now, do I think he's going to have that job in 2023? No, I don't. I don't think that long-term, but like this is redraft listening that you're listening to. Marcus Mariota is a fucking steal. This is dynasty listening to. You're going to have plenty of weeks where you can end up selling them. And like, if you ended up having him on your bench as a, as a handcuff for Derek Carr, over reliable there, uh, you know, that's like Marcus Mariota was your CAA membership, just in case the car broke down. Uh, you just lucked into a starting quarterback for 2022, and it's fucking great, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I think you're a winner if you got Marcus Mariota right now. Definitely, I like that point. Um, more losers, Malik Willis. Um, let's talk about Malik Willis because, um, I personally think that he's a loser, uh, for post draft landscape. Um, as people probably know, if you went on your Twitter feed recently, Ryan Tannehill has a pretty beefy contract over the next two seasons. There is the opportunity to make him the richest backup next season. Um, I want to get it out of the way. Malik Willis is not touching the football field in 2022. I do not think he sees a field as a starter. I think, you know, you have Derrick Henry. You're still going to run the football a lot. You picked up Traylon Burks. You got Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill knows the offense. He do you think the they run any packages with him? No packages. You don't think they run any any type of package? Okay, I should say he doesn't or anything. See I'm, the just, field. I'm just asking. Does he? Do you he, think he runs like a Marcus Mariota light style uh, package that the Raiders designed at any could, given time? Could. Comes could. in for the goal line for a little quick whoop whoop sneak. Maybe line them up. Then, do you think, or 
Do you think at any given point he will be lining up on the field at the same time with Ryan Tannehill to try to confuse defenses on which one of these motherfuckers is going to throw the ball? Based on what I've seen out of that offense, I don't necessarily believe in the creativity that they're going to do something like that. Maybe, but I guess I should elaborate. He will not do anything in 2022 of fantasy value for you. I should uh, change, shift my focus. He probably sees. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to like be a jackass, but I'm just asking. Like, do you think Tennessee, in any way, shape, or form, tries to like package anything for him? They at could all? scheme they could, him in any given way. They could because the way that they run that offense with like that run heavy focus, you put Derrick Henry and you put Malik Willis out there and a defense has to decide who do they want to go with, who are they going to defend against. 100%, there's no reason to not believe that there should be a package in that offense that specifically has Malik Willis either running or handing the football off. Probably not passing the football but running or handing the football off himself like there should be a package like that because Derrick Henry opens up holes instantly for you and then you have a guy like Malik Willis who can do what he can do with his legs no reason not to believe that there shouldn't be a package that exists in that offense for that otherwise I don't think he plays (laughs) till year three the the contract I don't think he plays I don't think he plays I think he's a backup. I think by that point they figured it out. He's backup. They mm-hmm. take they're taking other swings on other quarterbacks. Um, there's a couple other guys you have question marks here that I want to talk about because I'll actually I'll segue into it real quick. Uh, Marcus Mariota or Justin Fields? Who would you rather have? Ha-ha. Marcus Mariota, because I don't trust what Chicago's doing at all. I think Chicago's setting Justin Fields up to fail. They're setting him up to be able to move on. This new regime wants a new quarterback, I think. Wow. The, all that they drafted in offensive support for him it. was Velas Jones. Uh, no. Listen, a I love it, man. I love it. That, specialist. So- let me ask you a question. So you're you're saying is if you had Justin Fields, you got a pretty damn good chance that you could flip him for Marcus Mariota plus. Hundred percent. Without love that. a doubt, you should. Be I love that. Let me let, let's it. look at the ADPs. Where's Where's Justin Fields landed? Justin Fields QB 13. 13. Oh, yeah. I love it. And then you pull up Marcus Mariota QB thirty six. Yes, oh, yeah, you, get, you can get you some. You get some Dipsy on your doodle plus. there, right? Fucking Marcus love Mariota it. plus a twenty three first should without. There's someone who will pull the trigger on that in your league. I was thinking more like Marcus Mariota and upgrade at the wide receiver position, but either way, you could do that. Hundred percent, you could do that as well. But if you're a team that's desperate for a running back, take the shot on the 2023 first. There's there's a few really great running backs coming out of that class, and you know you don't want to trade for the aging veteran running backs or anything like that. You want to get that young, fresh crop of talent coming in. I do. I was going with Marcus Mariota because I think he only got him on the one year deal, so Mm -hmm. like. Me, I think I'd be trading for the aging veteran on your squad. Hit a few games. Hope those aging veterans pop, whoever you end up getting. 
try to flip them then for the youth for like a lateral move in, in your first and then Marcus Mariota for a lateral move in like a second. You know what I mean? Because those are guys. A anyway, that's a long term lane. I'm like spider webbing some fucking theories in my head. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, you would rather have Marcus Mario than Justin Fields. And that is the next guy that you have a question mark on there for the losers. Biggest loser. Uh, just elaborate a little bit more on why you do think it is a, a massive loser. You just touched on on the defensive addition and, and the only and the only real uh, help that you think that they even gave Justin Fields. Is there anything else you would like to touch on? I mean, I'd have to see uh, a big step forward from Justin Fields in 2022, 2023, whatever we're going to call this season. Because to me, I didn't see enough from him. He was so he was not good. He couldn't even use Allen Robinson. He chased Allen Robinson out of town. And I know that a lot of people are going to say that it's Matt Nagy and the offense. If you're asked to drop back and throw the football, that is a decision being made nine times out of ten, unless you're Jared Goff with uh, Sean McVay in your ear. Nine times out of ten, that's the decision of the quarterback to make the play and to make that pass. I don't think we can completely blame Matt Nagy for the situation that transpired. The offense was vanilla as could be. It was boring. It didn't really open up the field for Justin Fields. I understand that, and, and it's justified. I saw a rare number of Chicago Bears games, and they were hard to watch. But at the end of the day, we can't completely blame it on that. We should have seen a little oomph from Justin Fields, and all we saw is he's got an incredible capability as a mobile quarterback. But we knew that. We wanted to see what are you as a passer? What can you do as a passer? You had a wide receiver 1A and 1B essentially in Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, and you made Allen Robinson look like a wide receiver like six or seven. He was not even, he was, he wasn't even playable in fantasy once you realized that nothing was ever going to happen with Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, I actually totally agree with you on that one. Um, there's another guy you got a question mark, and I already hot taked on it and said that his backup is going to start more games than him. That loser is Trey Lance. Uh, I think you should have been selling that loser last year in the draft after you ended up uh, drafting him. Uh, Yes, there are a lot of people holding on to that man, and they're probably wishing they went Mac Jones at this point because Mac Mac Jones is definitely the safer guy. Trey Lance is so damn costly, and it is a guy drafted Kyle Trask for the same for same outcome, and he has played so poorly and the the reports coming out of the san francisco front office and san francisco camp is that they're underwhelmed by the development that has happened and by the steps forward that have happened in this offseason that's huge (laughs) that's huge and jimmy garoppolo is still hanging around they at they they had offers on the table. They could have dealt Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And obviously, there's rumors out there. Oh, they wanted a first. They wanted more. I don't necessarily believe it was all about the return. I don't think they're 100 confident in Trey Lance. I really don't. And last year, in the limited you know play that you got to see from Trey Lance. He wasn't good. And I love Trey Lance's work ethic. I, I vouched for it last year. You know, I said, 
I wouldn't mind taking Trey Lance. I thought it was kind of rich. It was Trevor Lawrence's generational talent. And then the 102 in a lot of leagues was Trey Lance. So you were staring down right after a generational talent, this developmental FCS quarterback prospect. Um, I just, no, I, I just, he's going as a QB 10 right now. I can't, I can't. There's just nothing in my bones that can justify taking Trey Lance, a guy who doesn't even have a starting job for sure. Look like crap. The front office is not in love with him right now. And you're drafting him as Jared a quarterback or one. Trey Lance. One. Who would you rather have? Trey Lance because of the value. You can still flip Trey Lance for so much more than Jared Goff right now. But if you're keeping Trey Lance in a prayer that he's going to start and he's going to be your QB1, I think you might be in for a really shitty reality check here very soon that that's a, that might not happen. That just might not come to fruition. Jared Goff just doesn't have the job security. And Jared Goff, even if he does have the job security, no one's going to trade any thing very valuable for him you're not going to be able to flip him i have him in a couple leagues as my qb3 he's barely rosterable on any given week uh as even as in the super flex spot as your qb2 he's barely even rosterable or playable sorry so to me i just can't i i'd, I'd take trey lance because i know somebody's got value i know you know in a 12 team league there's two or three guys who are sitting there who would take Trey Lance as their number one QB off the board or their number two quarterback off the board at that QB 10. What is that? ADP 19 overall position. There's definitely people in your league who would do that and who will fall for that. And that will be where the value lies. So that's why I would take Trey Lance solely for the fact that I would take him and flip him for whatever you want. Plus plus, because I think there's people who will give two times first value might even get three times first value out of Trey Lance. So hopefully that answers your question, but that's the biggest reason why Trey Lance is a loser to me is because he doesn't even have the front office's support yet. They don't even believe in him yet. And Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get dealt. I think that spoke volumes that Jimmy G was not dealt. On an off season that you could have, Jimmy G could have easily been dealt. Should have yeah, been dealt. Have. Everyone and their mother was looking for a quarterback because his quarterback class sucks. And he didn't um, get dealt. Uh yeah, absolutely. Down here, you got you got a little buy or sell, which I like. Um absolutely. And you start, Who doesn't you start love a good buy or sell. Well, I like a good sell. Not really into the good buy. Um, but what's a QB that, that you would like to buy? I've talked about him a lot. I have Kenny Pickett. I mean, there's a chance that if you drafted Malik Willis, you can trade Malik Willis plus for Kenny Pickett because currently in startup drafts, Malik Willis is going ahead of Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett may have the opportunity to have that job security. I know you may not believe in it, Jim, but I think there is an opportunity that they go past this year's draft in Pittsburgh and not touch a quarterback position again. They put the faith in the most NFL-ready quarterback in this draft and Kenny Pickett, and they give it a shot with him, and the ADP speaks volumes to it. If you can get him as a QB 22, likely the third QB you're drafting. You're probably drafting him down there with the likes of Jared Goff, and you're going to take that shot Ooh. on Kenny Pickett. Um, he had the draft capital invested in him as the only quarterback in the first two rounds drafted this past year, and I like the weaponry. 
I told you I like the weaponry, and I've already said he has the makings of being a Derek Carr or Mac Jones-like, but with better weapons to start his career. And that, to me, is high-end QB2, middle-of-the-pack QB2, nothing super sexy for fantasy, but more than satisfactory to land in your flex spot, your super flex spot, more than satisfactory to give you the the weeks that you need if your quarter, main quarterback is on a bye or whatever. I think he's more than valuable in that sense. And maybe he can give you even better upside if the weapons are working in his favor on a given week or on multiple given weeks. Is there a QB you might be interested in buying? Uh, yeah, actually, it's Mac Jones. Um, I like Jacoby Myers. Sorry, I like Jacoby Myers. I think he... Uh, his target share is is warranted and earned. I think Mac Jones is in a division that is going to have a lot of shootouts and uh, high high scoring affairs, which are going to be a lot of sorry, man, a lot of a lot of passing yards and a lot of touchdowns. So he's a guy that I think is criminally undervalued, uh, being overlooked. Uh, especially in the AFC East. Like, I mean, everybody wants Josh Allen, uh, probably Zach Wilson over, over Mac Jones, but not me, man. Mac Jones is, is definitely a guy that, that I want to buy, but, um, and he can be <clears throat> cheap. He's going as a QB 18 right now. So you can get absolutely him at just ahead of Malik Willis. I just ahead, just ahead of Malik Willis. They're separated by five picks. That is it. Five Perfect. picks. And I'd rather have him over Kenny Pickett. Just saying. That's okay. And that is 100% fine because at the end of the day, if you get, if you land Mac Jones or Kenny Pickett as your QB2 or QB3, you should be happy. You should be more than happy. Those are great options to have at that position. And Mac Jones has nice upside. I think Kenny Pickett has decent upside based on the like the weapons, the draft capital that they put invested into him. I think there's definitely opportunity there for both of those guys. Same with Mac Jones. Draft capital was invested there that he's going to be the future. And he proved it last year that he can be the future in New England. So QB's a sell. I already talked about this guy so much that I don't even want to talk about him anymore. It's Trey Lance. Started up, the startup ADP is expensive. The rumors are swirling around. And my final statement, it's an expensive price to pay for QB's whose team had a golden chance to move the starter away this past season, but haven't done so. So Trey Lance is a sell. And like we've said, you based on the cat the ADP that you're seeing, there are guys out there you could get you could trade tra- Trey Lance for Mac Jones plus plus. Like we're not talking just a singular plus anymore. You can do something plus plus for Trey Lance. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> um yeah, it's absolutely insane. So there's two actual guys uh, that I would say uh, ourselves. One of them being Marcus Mariota. As I said, he'll kapow his way into a couple 70-yard uh, touchdown games, and that'll be that'll be his nice sell window. He's going to rack up like two weeks out of four where he's uh, QB five or better, and that'll be that'll be your sell window. Another guy who's your buy. Is Kenny Pickett is my sell, and that is strictly for the value of them. Like you're grabbing them at 107, and you're and you're uh, 
rookie draft, you're probably going to end up flipping them. You could probably get a 2023 first and like a low end wide receiver already. That's value off the board for you, man. Take a shot at the better class. Add a little bit of gunfire for your bye week wide receivers or your bye week running backs, whatever it's going to be. And uh, just wait, just wait on the chamber, man. Because like, come on, you don't really want that quarterback. <laughs> I love it. And that is a wrap for this week. But before we go, a quick shout out to our sponsors over at Trophy Smack. It may be the dynasty off season, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be thinking about what could make your league better. What would drive you to work harder to win that league? Money should drive you to win that league, but with or the right to brag. But with Trophy Smack, you can purchase and customize over 1,000 trophy combinations, championship belts, and rings to commemorate your league's champion in style. Hoist your league's fantasy Lombardi and use the promo code TNFF at the point of purchase to receive a free championship ring. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to check out their brand new champion chain, a five-pound plate held around your neck by a 33-inch metal chain. That's trophysmack.com. That's the promo code TNFF at checkout. Make sure the ring and the trophy or the belt or the champion chain are in your basket. When you put the promo code in and the ring will come up free. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. Make sure you rate, review, like, or subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. Shout out to all the wonderful sponsors again at the top of the show, Underdog Fantasy, Viridian Global, and Trophy Smack. True North Fantasy Football Crew can be found right above Jim's head, truenorthffb.com, at truenorthffb on Twitter, TNFF Network on YouTube, where you may be watching us now. And if it's your first time visiting the TNFF network on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because there are going to be some awesome things coming throughout the off season and heading into next season. Um, take my word for it on that one. Um, follow Jim at gold jacket QBs as always. Um, he's not as punny on Twitter, but sometimes he can get pretty punny on Twitter. So you can follow him if even just for that. <laughs> and you can follow me at Connor10TEN on Twitter. That is T-E-N, not one zero, as Jim would say. Jim, any last No binary. No binary. All <laughs> digital, baby. Uh, no, we got it. We got it going on, man. Uh, Next I'm week, not, we're hitting up I'm the not running back position. So we're decent. Next week, we're going to hit up the running back position. We're going to talk the winners and losers. Um, not all rookies, rookies and veterans post draft. Who's up? Who's down? Who are we buying? Who are we selling? So make sure you tune in next week. We will see you all next Tuesday. This is a beginning point. It's the beginning of the rest of my life.